0: This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin Felix and Matt on the W Debate.
1: Welcome to the W Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back 19. Explain yourself, boy. That escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand, fellas. <laughs> you jumped up and.
2: That's Austin awesome, Nate. Who is gonna be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still gonna be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who
1: spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, on, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're gonna say he stepped out, but up. I'm feeling sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name. One, Zach F.
0: Wilson. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the wow. end zone. And he drops it in
1: beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown.
0: That's Matt Broody. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic back on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields. Don't carry watch
1: out. Justin Fields Come on 51 yards. Vernon, are you ready to go head-to-head
2: with me? I am. Got to get oh, my Lord. popcorn out oh, here. Hold on. on.
0: Got to continue. I got got Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. I'm. Well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Uh,
1: our apologies for her Street. And at time, is will get the soon. And from that, we in Austin Nate. I'm Felix Clark. Mm-hmm. Good night, and good luck. It's 9 p.m. Eastern time, the only time zone that gets its appeal overturned. That means it's time for the Debbie Debate, brought to you by CampusToGand.com. We've got a full house, Chris Mosley, Matt Bruning, Austin Nates, and I'm Felix Sharp on a walking version of tonight's show. Has Zachariah Branch already suppressed Traylon Burks in value? Is it too early to victory lap Jaden Greathouse? And who stands to gain the most in value in the first full week of college football? But... I think it's natural to start with the news of Ohio State announcing Kyle McCord, Matthew, would be um, starting against Indiana. Ryan Day has said that Devin Brown will play. I think this is our new Justin Fields, Zach Wilson argument. But, Matthew, this feels like the first chapter as opposed to the last in this, uh, in this battle.
0: I, for one, am shocked, appalled. I I was not expecting this decision. I, you know, uh, I've been gone for a little bit. And by the way, it's good to be back. I just missed you. Um, you know, I really thought we were going to be talking about Devin Brown tonight. You know, he, you know, Ryan Day was delaying this decision. And Devin Brown was just making moves and looking so much better than Kyle McCord everywhere. And. Now all that people are going to do is hype him up because he's going to play this weekend. He's going to play against, like, the whole second-string Indiana team after Kyle McCord puts 35 up on him by halftime. And everybody's going to be like, oh, look at this one great throw that he makes probably to, like, Kojo Antwi. I don't even know if Kojo's still on the team. He's going to make, like, one good throw to Kojo Antwi, and then we're all going to talk about how Devin Brown is much better. Right? You know, two years in the making. It feels good to finally sit here and uh, get a win. But, uh, no, I, I'm, I'm excited. I, unfortunately, we'll get to watch that game. I will be very intrigued to hear as you guys, I'm sure will watch it. At least some of you. I'm very intrigued to hear how the two of them look. I I've said before, I don't think there's much difference and I won't argue. If you tell me Devin Brown is better than Kyle McCord. I'm not going to argue with you on that. It's going to be very intriguing to see what happens between the two of them, but I've said before I, I never thought Devin Brown was going to get this job. Whether you want to say it's because Ryan Day was scared to make that decision or not is fine, but at the end of the day, he announced Kyle McCord the starter. So it's, it's still an L, and you got to take it, whether you like it or not. So,
1: can, Austin, can this be described as a win for, for anyone? I feel like making the announcement this late shouldn't be victory left.
2: I, do you think part of it could be that Devin Brown didn't play in the spring game? Do you think we would have had a decision a week ago if we if we
1: had had a performance there from him? I think if Devin Brown played in the spring game, we might have a riot in Columbus about this announcement. We just because the public hasn't seen him, we're still you know relying on what we saw from him as a high school player. But had he showed any of that in the spring game, it might like the public sentiment might. So heavily favor Devin Brown that he actually gets the job. I mean, I I I've said this time and time again. I think, and Chris is is shaking his head. I think that the fact that this played out as long as it did is just an admission that Devin Brown like deserves to be the starter. And the fact that he will play on Saturday means that he deserves to be the starter. And I I don't think it's a win because. We are going to see both of them. And so now the entire country is going to weigh in on this quarterback battle with actual uh, feedback on the field. So it's not its not over. It's not over. This is chapter one.
0: I mean, I could answer that question if you'd like.
2: I wasn't here, unfortunately. But... I've literally never seen Matt smile this big in my life.
3: Literally I'm just never seen back. Matt smile this
0: big. This really has he's
3: nothing very... You've this back. one, though. You've, you've earned this one after the you, last two years we've seen of Kyle McCord trutherism.
0: I do think that Devin Brown not playing in the spring game did matter. And I think that's why it went into fall. And I, I have from a source, this I'll read the exact quote. Devin Brown, for the first two weeks of fall, made a strong push to be the starter for Ohio State. But after that, he struggled. Kyle McCord was the more consistent quarterback throughout practices. After that, he was calm, cool headed in the pocket and was not making turnovers, which is why Ryan Day is going with him. I'm not trying to say that Devin Brown is bad. He made a strong push like you're not wrong in that Felix. He clearly was making a push according to this the first two weeks of fall camp to try and be the starter, but he couldn't continue that trajectory. This is not a, they're going to play Devin Brown. I told you guys, you go back to an episode we talked about in the spring. I told you guys this was going to happen going into this. They're going to pull a Jim Harbaugh. He's going to play both of them. Devin Brown is not going to start next week. He's not. Unless Kyle McCord completely implodes, Devin Brown's not starting this year. And I don't think Kyle McCord will, whether it's because he's a good enough quarterback or not. The weapons around him, and in my opinion, the play calling and the week schedule, is not going to allow for him to implode unless he's just that bad, and I don't think he is.
1: Chris, Devin Brown announces the starter. Is it time for me to tuck my tail between my legs
3: and just, you know, admit that I was wrong? I just think it's funny that your response to Matt was, here's all the reasons why it's actually good for Devin Brown. He's going to play, despite them being 30-point favorites. Of course he's going to freaking play, Uh, first of all. Second of all, I just want to do a quick peek behind the curtain for our audience. Felix sends the show sheet to us um, during the week, right? And, you know, it's the topics we're going to talk about. Sometimes it's a rough outline, and we firm it up as we get closer to the show. This week, despite the fact that Devin DeBay has led off for like three straight weeks with his quarterback battle, which was just victory lapping Devin Brown for I'm not sure what exactly, because uh, nothing happened, this this topic wasn't even included in the show sheet. Just not even on it. So we had to force our way into this conversation because it was not going to be acknowledged. We all threatened to quit. Yeah.
1: These are false accusations. In fact, I don't think that anything has changed about the quarterback situation there at Ohio State. I still think that Devin Brown <laughs> has a chance by the Michigan game to be the starter. So you
3: are in denial. That's it. That's it. That's it. I don't know what else to say. it. Okay. All right. We'll see. By the Michigan game. Okay. It's, it's, it's totally not bad news. You're right. The 30-point favorites, they're definitely not going to play their backup quarterback week one.
1: All right. Let's move on here to housekeeping. Um, of course, we announced earlier today the new lineup of NIL shows. Uh, just for our NIL subscribers, that includes a show from Matt Walden where we talk about player values. Travion Henderson. That episode is uh, available right now. But he talked about Travion Henderson, uh, Blake Corum. A number, a number of players dropped a lot of good nuggets there. Um, Michael Nelson Analytics uh, on Twitter is talking about C two C strategy. Has his show been released yet, Austin? No, it'll Have be you? up tomorrow. It'll be up tomorrow. It'll be up yeah. tomorrow. And then Austin will be do- doing a show on his weekly observations. And then uh, a show not just for our NIL subscribers. Canton Bound is being taken over by the 4D chess guys. And I don't know if you've seen how much energy they bring to their live shows on YouTube and all that stuff. But they're going to do a much better job uh, than we, than uh, Colin and Austin uh, have done. No offense to to Colin and Austin. No, nope, no argument there. <laughs> um, <laughs> we saw... Everybody went crazy in week zero because of Zachariah Branch, who scored on a kick return. He was returning punts. He looked good on his punt returns. He had a couple of screen passes, one of which he took to the house for a touchdown. Um, Chris Moxley, we already had Zachariah Branch ranked really, really highly. So they said, Are you gonna move him up in your rankings? I'm like, no, he was number nine. That's probably about right where he should be, especially if he can't get past the line of scrimmage. A la uh your boy uh Luther burden Anyway, um, I'm trying to think though, where should he be ranked in our cornerstone rankings, Chris? Like, I don't know if you've taken a look at your rankings here recently. I know I have, but how high should Zachariah Branch be be elevated when we're talking about a combination of NFL and college players? And you're muted. And you're muted. So, we need a sounder. We need a, we need, first of all, we need a board. Like a real radio board, and, and we need a sounder for any time somebody goes on mute. I don't know what that sounder would be, but we need one of those. So.
3: Well, while I was muted, what I was saying was, you said he's already at nine. We shouldn't move him up. I actually think we we I can make the argument that we should move him up. Like I could I can make the argument that he's a top four wide receiver. Um, like I I struggle to think who I'm going to rank over him. I'm going to rank Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm going to rank Emeka Egbuka probably going to rank Evan Stewart. But then you get to the point of like, I think he can be the wide receiver four. And you basically, what you're projecting is that he moves beyond the role that you're talking about, which is his eight out was two on Saturday, um, which I think he, I think he will. I think he's more inclined to do so than Luther burden. Maybe is cl- inclined to do so. So like, I'm fine moving him above Luther burden. The size is a concern, but I don't think the size is, going to be concerned for his profile because I just think he is the type of player that can overcome it. Like we've the I mean, Tyree Kill comp is obvious, right? But like that's kind of essentially who he is and like the Jalen Waddle type player. I mean
1: we, we talked we talked about those comps in the freshman guide. that was really he was a wide receiver one.
3: Yeah. Yeah he was a wide receiver one. Like this was this is not a surprise that he was dynamic against a G five team and was on the field early. He's just a really good player period so I, I would actually move him up now that I've seen him in game action like I feel I don't know just like a little bit better so I mean I, and I probably already had him pretty high regardless but still
1: all right I'm looking at my uh, C200 rankings and I was trying to figure out where I should have him when I moved him earlier this week I have him just I have him at 77 overall just above Aaron Rodgers above TJ Hawkinson. I even put him above uh, Quinshawn Judkins and Justice Haynes, uh, some other NFLers, Josh Downs and Traylon Burks. I have him above all those guys. Austin, do you have any problem with that ranking?
2: Not really. And when you said that you had him in front of my uh, Traylon Burks, um, it made me kind of rethink where I have Burks. Burks might be the player most in my 200 that I I don't exactly know uh, what to do with because I still think if he comes back and looks healthy this year, then, then I, I would – probably value him similarly to branch. Like, I don't know if I'd feel comfortable having, you know, they'd, they'd essentially be the same tier. Like if they were within three or five picks of each other, it would be the, the difference would be meaningless when you're looking at my list, other than, you know, maybe the the number says they're, they're two or three apart. I have them. uh, I'm just pulling up where I have, I I have the fresh and wide receivers and I'm a little surprised on this actually a little lower than you do. And I'm usually very aggressive uh, ranking fresh and wide receivers. But the, the problem with some of those guys is I still think I would rather have, Most NFL quarterbacks that I'm confident will be at least starting in the NFL for the next three to five years above them because we're all playing super flex at this point. Like, this just, those guys are such a commodity that it doesn't really matter. Um, And then I have some guys around them that I want to ask you guys Joe Mixon or Zachariah Branch. I have them like, you know, a handful of spots, essentially
1: nothing. Branch. It's not hard for me to rank a wide receiver over running backs when we think they're ceiling as high as they do. I mean, it's just because of the shelf life of the running back position. And quite frankly, I mean, Joe Mixon feels like he's on his – I mean, he might still have two or three years left, but he's on the back nine. Zachariah Branch or
2: Jahan Dotson? I'm not really that big of a D- fan of D- Dotson. Dotson made, has already made it to the NFL, and he's yeah. probably a wide receiver, too, for their foreseeable future. Like, I, I like locking in some of that certainty. Well, it also, I, I'm still not that, like, yeah, Branch looked good in this game, but we talked a little bit about On Campus Life this week, and we're going to talk about it here with Jaden Greathouse here in a few minutes. They basically are exactly where we expected them to be on day one. So I don't know that there's – I guess there's always that little voice in the back of your head that's saying, like, what if they suck? But I think – you know, other than that voice maybe being gone now, I don't know that we we actually really learned anything th- this weekend from him. Quite frankly, he did look exactly how we expected him to look.
3: I think it also depends how much you want to wait or how much you project his uh, college fantasy ceiling to be, because if you think that he could be a thousand yard thousand yard wide receiver in CFF, like that changes the calculus a lot. I don't know that he's going to be that type of player, but if that's what you believe, then you're probably ranking him above Dots, and you're probably ranking him in the 70s, maybe low 60s of the C200. But that's, I mean, that is a big calculation because if you're going to get them for three years or at least two years of high-end production, that offsets a lot of value.
1: If you're in the chat, drop us a like. Let us know where you think Zachariah Branch should be ranked amongst college-wide receivers. I have him at number nine. And uh, when I look at my C200 rankings, again, that's a combination of NFL and uh, college. I had him at like, 80 80 something and so i didn't even move him up that much i moved him up slightly against some guys who i don't you know i don't know that they have long the longevity uh that branch may have this being his first year so um you know I, i don't know um i got this trade i was talking to somebody on twitter about this trade matthew i want to get you to weigh in on on this trade this this guy was uh trying to acquire zachariah branch and this is what he got he gave up grayson mccall and Bijan Robinson, he received Jonathan Taylor, David and Joku, uh, Zachariah Branch in a in a third, a supplemental third.
2: Matthew, who are you, well, you well, tossing that to?
0: Is it, well, I, I'm I'm trying to see is that trade on the show sheet. It is. Yeah, it yeah, is it. on okay, the show so sheet. Right, you just named a lot of names. I'll repeat it
1: again. Grayson, He gave up Grayson McCall. He gave up B. John Robinson, Uh, those two players. And then he received Jonathan Taylor, David Njoku, Zachariah Branch, and a freshman supplemental third.
0: I mean, I'd probably be fine with the Jonathan Taylor, David Njoku, Zachariah Branch side. I mean, I love Bijan, and if you're looking at this from a win-now trade, I like the Jonathan Taylor side more, but you have to worry about what he's going to do this year playing. As Austin just mentioned, I don't think Zachariah Branch is going to not suck. There is that chance. It's just one game like I you know, I I think he's going to be phenomenal. I don't know about the Reggie Bush comparisons I've seen all over the place, but I think he's going to be a really good wide receiver for you not just for CFF for maybe the next two years. I don't know so much about this year and then he's going to likely be at least I think a first round draft pick. So you're getting your value back for Bijan. I don't think Grayson McCall is much of anything. I I don't know what our CFF projections have. him. I don't think he's going to have that good of a year this year. So I like the overall trade for them, especially if Njoku even pans out to be like a top 12 tight end for you on the NFL side. I think I'd much rather have the receive side. Uh, but, I mean, you're taking some risk in giving up Bijan's Like I said, there's no guarantee Jonathan Taylor plays this year if David Njoku bust like he has, I don't know, his whole career. And then Zachariah Branch doesn't turn into what we think. You got rid of what has a chance to be a very, very, very good running back for nothing. So
1: I think this is a slam dunk for the Branch-Taylor side because we've seen Jonathan Taylor already dominate – um, the NFL and we're talking about Bijan Robbins who we I, say what you want about Bijan him being a great prospect we don't know what he's going to look like on an NFL field in a full-time role or if he's even going to get a full-time role we like John, buying low on Jonathan Taylor right now is a smart decision in my opinion if they're both healthy in the NFL starting at the same time it might be a coin flip between the two or slightly favor Jonathan Taylor. Chris, you're shaking your head, but I think this is a slam dunk for the branch and Taylor side.
3: I think you're taking on way too much risk on the uh, branch Taylor side. And I don't think you're buying low. I think you're buying at Jonathan Taylor's going to play this year value. And so like that. We already know he's missed four games, period. We have no idea what the rest of the season is going to. So I, I think he's going to play the rest of the season. Um, whether it's with the Colts for a couple games or with somebody else for a couple games after the October trade deadline, but still, like, I <laughs> there's a lot of risk being taken on on the Taylor side that I'm really not comfortable with. And I mean, I Grace Grace and McCall and David Njoku and are just like throw, throwaways, in my opinion, like they Agreed. cancel each other out. Yeah, but I, I just don't like that risk. Like, I just that's just not how I play, um, fantasy, but I, I understand why someone would take a Upside swing on the Taylor side. I just don't view it as a buy low.
1: Awesome. Give the final word here. You got uh, Bijan Robinson essentially on one top side for Jonathan Taylor and Zachariah Branch.
2: Yeah, I think it's kind of a cop out answer. I think it's pretty equal. I will say I I, I think I, I kind of agree with Chris where he's coming from where where there is a lot more risk. I find college wide receiver prospects to kind of be a dime a dozen. So I'm not, um, you know, just like. Completely interested in in acquiring a top one for this kind of value. I think the other portion of that is that we call and I've actually talked about this quite a bit over the past couple of years. Rookie, like premier rookie running backs, are probably, if your team is not in awful shape, like the most valuable commodity in the campus to camp league. Because you know what the situation is going to be for the next couple of years, you like the you know the contract, like you don't have to worry about any of that. Where they're going to be, uh, you know, the following year, we don't know where Jonathan Taylor is going to play after this year. Presumably not with the Colts, but maybe it's not an amazing situation. And I feel like when you say, "Well, we don't know if Bijan Robinson is going to be good in the NFL yet," it's like saying. Before last weekend kicked off, that we don't know if Zachariah Branch is probably going to be pretty good at USC. Like, it's just, he's going to go out and, like, on the third care, we're going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. He's, uh, he's actually really, really good. So, uh, I, I think it's pretty even. I, I would probably just hold Bijan if I had him, but I, I, see the argument for the other side.
1: I've got Bijan in, in a league where my NFL team is not good and I have no idea what to do with Bijan because I know I'm not, I'm not winning anything. Uh, let us know in the chat. Um, Bijan side or or Jonathan Taylor and Zachariah Branch but Austin coming back to you um, Zachariah Branch wasn't the only wide receiver for USC the only freshman wide receiver who looked good for uh for uh, the Trojans so we had Deuce Robinson ranked as a tight end and I actually still do in my rankings right now because we believed okay he might be a, a wide receiver by designation but when it comes down to it USC is going to use him as a tight end that's what I mean, he was recruited as a tight end and it was just a late announcement that he was playing wide receiver. Well, he looks like a wide receiver um, uh, in this game. How what's his ceiling? Where where should we be moving Deuce Robinson in our wide receiver rankings? Yeah, and we still have
2: him ranked as a tight end for right now. Um, We might revisit that here as the season goes on, Um, just the way that we basically pull all the data that goes into the back end that filters into our rankings he was a tight end previously so that's that's what we have him as um so i think we talked a lot about this on on this show and on campus life for the past few weeks that like just inherently his value if he played tight end or was listed as a tight end would be higher because we saw what kyle pitts who basically functioned as wide receiver but had a tight end designation and those guys are so rare like Kyle Pitts had no business being a first or second round starter pick over like last year, but he was because he's a tight end, Uh, and, and the the value is so different there. I actually don't care anymore. Deuce Robinson looked so good as a receiver last week. There are some takes that you just flip on and you say "f it," real quick, and that's one that I'm saying. I'm he can he'll he could have a a, a Vincent Jackson Mike Evans type of career at wide receiver. He played most of his snaps on the boundary last year or last week. Yes, I know that. Uh, it was San Jose State. Like, I'm not trying to, you know, I, I, I don't want to overreact because that there is that uh, technicality there. But no, I, I watched that. He didn't that. I look like
1: him. a tight end trying to play wide no. receiver. Like, no. he was moving like a wide receiver. And when you have that sort of length and size, I mean, the potential is endless as far as boxing out, cornerbacks, you know, his red zone potential, all of that stuff. I tried to tell folks though Deuce Robinson was a value even at wide receiver. Tried to tell them. Chris. Tried to tell you guys. Um,
3: I listen. I'm I'm right there with you. I was drafting him thinking he was a tight end, but I mean he was still always a really good football player. Like I I didn't I didn't understand why people were fading him so hard even with the NFL draft stuff. So he played ten s- snaps outside and two in the slot. Not a single. I have in seventeen
2: line. and two for the record. I have okay. seventeen and two. Just the, I mean I I think he did have about twenty snaps. That's what I got.
1: There was one point, Matthew, where I had Mario Williams ranked inside my top 15. Um, He is now the forgotten man, and rightfully so. So I think one of the things I liked about Mario Williams was his versatility. I thought he could play inside, he could play outside, and he could return punts. Well, he ain't going to be returning punts no more uh, down there in L.A. And his slot wide receiver position, that might be up also. What would you trade – or what would you accept for, for Mario Williams in a in a C2C league? Anything.
0: Just give me anything. Give me a 15th round supplemental pick and he's yours for the taking. I I really don't know what you could get for him at this point. I think his value is is pretty tanked. I was trying to just like scroll down. It's a lot of people don't like to do position for position swap. So I was trying to I was like, I don't think you could get another wide receiver for him. I'm scrolling down like, You know, could could you get Gabe Irvin from Nebraska for him? I probably not. I don't think so. And that's my... Where did he go here? My 100th ranked something running back. Like, I don't know that you could get anything for Mario Williams at this point, unfortunately. So... Anything. Give me a 15th round pick three years from now, if that's what I can get from me. anything I can take just to get Mario well, let, Williams off my roster.
2: Let's not assume because we ha- definitely get some members who come into, you know, our, our discord and they're like, I'm ranking or I'm drafting totally different than the rest of my league mates here. Yeah. Um, like off of your rankings is, am I messing this up? And we're like, no, 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 no. And then they end up with like an amazing roster. Cause the rest of their league mates just don't aren't familiar either. So I don't want to just blanket say like, yeah, you can't get anything for him. I would start shop- shopping him around, but I bet, you, I bet you probably have a league mate that just says Mario Williams was a top 15 wide receiver in his class. He plays at USC now and he played 25 snaps last week basically the same as everybody else did there yeah heck yeah i'll buy that for a and, he started. Fit, and he started yeah for a fifth round supplemental pick or something like that i almost every league is going to have a guy like that so i i, I want to caution just you know you don't assume that everybody in your league is either a not an idiot and not saying you're an idiot if you like mario williams but don't assume they're not idiots and don't assume that there's not somebody in the league who still kind of likes mario williams
1: yeah i mean i would that would take I mean, pretty much anything for him also.
0: Felix is only in like six leagues, Austin. So, you know, there's only so many (laughs) that you can get actual value for him.
1: I I still think that there's a chance that he transfers after this season and has some CFF value if he goes back to Tampa somewhere and plays for one of these g USF? I mean, somebody. (laughs) You go to UCF, he could be in the Big 12. You go to UCF and be a wide receiver there at UCF. Um. We definitely are not idiots, based on how we had Jaden Greathouse ranked. Now, I think because I'm in you know our circle and our community, I didn't realize where Jaden Greathouse ranked amongst the services until uh, we tweeted it out from the main account on Saturday. Twenty four seven Sports had him ranked forty four. ESPN had him twenty nine. On three had him twenty five. Rivals had him twenty seven. We had him eleven. We had him eleven um in our freshman and supplemental guide i mean austin I, I don't know if people were just fading the fact that he's not athletic but there's a place for a wide receiver like jaden greathouse despite this lack of the lack of top end athleticism
2: yeah i mean i think this is ex- the the same thing with branch branch basically did exactly what we thought he could be doing on day 1 and i think even i think i'm the one who wrote up greathouse i think when i was looking at it um I think he's exactly where I think I wrote in the thing. Like if this dude's not getting snaps day one, then we need to be really concerned because this wide receiver depth chart is just so weak at Notre Dame. And I think great is uh, He he kind of is what he is at this point. I don't want to say that about a college freshman. He's obviously going to get better, but I think if we're talking about some of those, you know, you hope that a guy's still kind of raw when he comes into college because the athleticism will get him there. And if he can figure out playing wide receiver, like I don't think great house has any of that. There were a lot of plays of him in high school where he would basically win at the line of scrimmage, free, you know, free release, and then you know he would be you know catch you know six eight yard uh, pass, and the defender already caught back up to him and tackled him immediately. And I think that's going to be the problem with a guy like Greathouse is that he just can't really do a lot after the catch. And we saw last week. I mean, what he scored on a. Um, um like a broken play
1: play, and he scored on this uh, long fade over the middle in the uh, along the yeah which is no safety there with no safety there but excellent concentration because the wide receiver was all or the cornerback was all over him he had no separation but i mean he had to concentrate on that ball and he and he brought it in so uh if you rostered Jaden Greathouse in your freshman dress or in your startup dress uh congrats to you um mox i want to ask you a cff question so say bangora at ohio we considered him to be an RB1 or the RB1. Um, Curtis Rourke goes down with the injury in the first quarter against San Diego State, and, you know, the offense is not what we thought it would be with uh, C.J. Morris. Is it Morris? C.J. Morris. Harris. Harris. C.J. Harris at the helm, even though Sam Wigloo still had 100 yards receiving. Say Bangora though, um, 15 carries, 65 yards, no touchdowns. He did have a couple of catches. Are you worried that he could have a slump if Rourke
3: is not is not healthy and not playing? I expect Rourke to be back this week. Um, that's what it sounds like. I, I
1: he he was just, reportedly upset that the coaches would not put him back in the game.
3: Um, I think he I think he had a concussion and he felt like he could go back in, but and I mean I don't know if he passed or whatever. I, we, we don't get any of that info, but I mean he stumbled off the field. He was like laying down, like face down, for five or ten seconds. It's pretty obvious to me that it was a concussion um, or something like that. So I, I expect him to be back. But if he's not and he missed the end of last season, too, with an ACL tear, this entire offense is is worrisome because CJ Harris, who played last year, too. And we saw the exact same results. Isn't it? This dude is not a FBS level quarterback. That's just it. at The end of the day. I mean, he can't. Like, I don't I thought he looked terrible. Uh, I mean, I, I, like he's, he just isn't a good backup and he, the offense just can't sustain itself. I, I just don't trust anybody on this team. Even Wiggles, who, who was fine on the day, I would not start anyone on Ohio. And that's the takeaway that I had and we, I had last year too, but yet Tim Alba doesn't go out and upgrade the backup quarterback position for Ohio. So yeah. It, 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 which, if, which is probably hard reasons. to do at,
1: at Ohio as far as upgrading your quarterback position you have an established starter.
3: I mean, they should have they at least considered it, considering Rourke was not going to be healthy. Like, there was a chance he wasn't going to be healthy. But, I mean, that's getting to the weeds of stuff. But, yeah, if Rourke doesn't play, I, the entire offense, including Sabin Gore, is downgraded, like, substantially.
1: For the record, I'm still starting Wigloose. I mean, he had, what, 10 receptions. If they're just going to use him as kind of like a – Jarvis Landry role, that's fine with me. He can get his, his PPR points. Uh, the other problem with Bangor is Oshan Allison is there. He's back, and he's not a a bad back. A, a, a kind of a physical, smaller... He's on the Mayan Williams spectrum, the, the G5 Mayan Williams type. Um, so there's a the potential that he's going to eat into Say Bangor's touches, even though Say Bangor got 15 carries. So I, I actually... I think I have Saban Bangora starting in a few places, and if Rourke's not playing, I'm probably going to pull him out. Um, another running back, Matthew, who this weekend, week zero was like, well, I mean, everything happened that we expected to happen, including the fact that Notre Dame's offense really revolved around Audrick estimate. Um, We kind of expected that to happen after Logan Diggs transferred to LSU. It kind of happened the way we said it would. He was on a roll until he fumbled the ball, and they took him out for a little bit, and then he kind of finished strong. Like 16 carries, 95 yards, a touchdown. He also had a couple of catches. I don't think the question is whether or not he has CFF value. We're probably going to be starting him just about every single week on the college side. The question with Audrick Estime has always been, is this big, physical, kind of stiff back? Is he an NFL player? How do you answer that question, Matt?
0: I mean, I think he is an NFL player. Now, where will he get drafted is probably the real question. I don't know that he's got the ability to go as our good friend Colin likes to say day two. I think he's more probably a day three guy. But, I mean, if you look at... I I just pulled it up because I, I, I didn't really get a chance to watch that game this weekend. I was pulling up his athletic comparisons. I mean... Arshon Lynch, Jonathan Taylor, Isaiah Crowell, Reichwell Armstead. I mean, Armstead was kind of good until, unfortunately, he got COVID and then really wasn't able to bounce back from that in the NFL. It's not a bad list of players there. I didn't realize. I mean, he's got a .87 listed speed score. I didn't. Really I didn't realize, realize he it either that. until I
1: went to the website. I was and like, oh, so, well, he's got some good athletic comps.
0: With that being said, like I said, I don't. I still don't think he's a overall day two player. But if he carries that offense. Maybe he's able to sneak into the back end. I mean, we saw Elijah Mitchell go day two. Last, last, was that last year? I don't know that he's really worthy of being a... No, he didn't go day two. Who went day two that I'm thinking of? He went to the 49ers, but I can't remember who it was. Elijah Trey Mitchell Sermon. beat him out. No. Oh, uh, yeah. Trey Sermon did go day two, and I don't know that he deserved it. Hey, Elijah Mitchell beat him out. <laughs> but, no, nah, there was someone else. Was it Tyrion Davis-Price? Maybe that was this year. Someone went to the 49ers day two. Probably Trey Sermon did, too. And I don't think that they deserve to go there. But regardless... I think Estime is likely a day three guy. He should produce for you, though, on the CFF says I'd I'd be willing to roster him. I do think you'll get some NFL production out of him. Uh,
1: Austin, how do you answer that question? Because, I mean, if you have Audric Estime, you're really feeling pretty good. I just wonder if this is like, you know, Sean Tucker or Zach Evans all over again, or even Kyron Williams, if we want to just use a Notre Dame-Notre Dame comparison. Do you see Audric Estime having an in, in NFL fantasy ceiling? Um,
2: I don't. And I'll, I'll give you a different comp that I get when I watch him. I think he's Hassan Haskins. I think that's the level love, player that he is. I love that comp. And he actually, over the past couple years in college, has less wiggle than Hassan Haskins did. So that actually might be giving him a little too much credit in terms of being able to make guys miss. I think that's going to be his big issue. I think he can't make guys miss. And I actually think Oh, I think he's heavier than he's listed, almost guaranteed. And I think he's slower than whatever times were posted from him previously. I, I just don't think he's that he's actually that
3: level of an athlete at all. Did we learn anything? This is so when I saw we talk about him, my first thought was, did we actually learn anything about object estimate week one? Because I don't think we did. I think we still think he's a guy with a stiff upper body who's like straight line runner and if you ask him to do anything else he's going to struggle. Like that's that's who he is and I don't my evaluation of him has not changed at all. Like I have, I have always been low on him. Like I don't think he's an NFL player. I don't know that he's going to have – like he's just round seven. Dwayne McBride couldn't stick on an NFL team, and I think Dwayne McBride was much better than Yeah, Dwayne
1: McBride was like 209 pounds or something like that. I mean, Audrick Estime, if he is in fact 227 pounds, I think that there is a role for a straight-line downhill runner. The only problem is it's probably not in round three. It's probably like in round four or five, which is probably a good question for Nelly. For like Nelly, one of these next strategy sessions is, what do you do with a player who is really great in college, but and they're going to like go to the NFL, but not be an, we don't project him to be a high end NFL player. Like at because their their trade value is probably at its peak at some point during the season. And so how do you juggle that that sort of of player? It's gotta be difficult. I mean, there's di- so somebody like Jared Stearns. Uh, two years ago at, at Western Kentucky, we kind of know what we're getting elite college production. If I'm going for the championship, you know, two or three weeks before the playoffs, I'm trying to trade for a player like that. With Audrick Estime, it's like, all right, you know, we expect him to be drafted, but is he going to be like Gus Edwards or Josh Kelly, that sort of thing? So Nellie, I think that that would be a good point to talk about is what do you do with a player, uh, with a with a player with that type of profile potentially potentially elite college fantasy asset but like borderline nfl like somebody who's going to be on an nfl roster but may not have an impact a big time impact all right we asked for some questions for today and we got a few um we got more than a few i'm just going to just i picked out a few to uh include in the show today chris i'll give this one to you um and I'm sorry if I'm giving to giving to you this spur of the moment, but Fantasy Nerd Boy on Twitter with uh, Dynasty Dgens, you can follow him on Twitter. Best targets when moving off Quint Ewers, Chris. I'll throw that to you, or if anybody has some ideas on who you would target if you were moving off Quint.
3: Yeah, um, I don't think you get Drew Allar for him right now. I think alar is going ahead of him in, in drafts, and I would be surprised if a lot of managers would make that trade. But I would I would target one of the freshman quarterbacks. I think Malachi Nelson and Dante Moore. Are, uh, probably the guys that I want to get, they're going after Quinny Ewers. I think that you could make
1: would you take desert. Matthew Stafford?
3: No. Is Matthew Stafford even like gonna play the full season? Like, probably. this dude isn't healthy and hasn't been healthy for like five years. <laughs> He's gonna retire after the end of the year. There's no way I would take Quinn for Stafford or Stafford for Quinn. I would I, I want a freshman quarterback. That's who I want to move him off of. Like, I would I would even take a guy like Jackson Arnold plus like a, a nice little That's- piece there.
0: That's what I was going to say. I was like, if you want, if you don't want to do just a straight one for one, because I think if you do Dante Moore or arch or um, Malachi, you're going to have to do one for one. I don't know that you're going to get much else added on there, which I don't um, mind doing either. If you go a little bit further down though, and you say, go for a Jackson Arnold, I don't know that you could get Nico plus maybe an Aiden child's plus. Like I think you could go to a Jackson Arnold, one of those guys and get a high end. Or at least a decent wide receiver, running back thrown in on as well. That's probably the route that I would go. I don't know that I want to do the one for one swap.
3: Would part. you accept Jackson Arnold and like Samson Evans, the running back at Eastern Michigan? Like you get a you get a top twelve fantasy running back for CFS siding, you get a five star freshman who's going to start next yeah, year. Yeah, why not? I mean, like I'd, lo- I'd love that sort of trade.
1: Go ahead, Austin. You were going to say. I was something. going to say.
2: Here, here's the dirty little secret about trading with quarterbacks in in campus to Canton leagues. And I tell people this whenever they DM me about it. Quarterbacks essentially siloed when I'm trading. If it's a quarterback that's worth anything, as in, if I have a quarterback and someone wants them, I better be getting some sort of quarterback back. If it's a really good quarterback, I better be getting a lesser quarterback plus. And if it's a lesser quarterback, I'm trading him up into a better quarterback. That position itself is almost siloed. Quinn Ewers is risky enough for me, where I'm actually willing to leave the silo. I might trade him yeah. for a different position. Not because I think like there's a legit chance that he's very good this year, but if I can trade him for a like just any sort of, you know, borderline tier one guy at a position for me, I, I would Cedric, take that Cedric Baxter.
1: I would probably Abs- take Baxter in a heartbeat. That. Yes. Yeah. In a heartbeat. I want to I want to identify some like back end NFL guys here to see if you would take this player or Quint Ewers. So how about Desmond Ritter? Desmond Ritter or Quint Ewers? I'll take Quinn. Take the chance. Yeah, easily. Everybody, Quinn. Uh, yeah. Kirk Cousins or Quinn Ewers?
0: I, I, I would, would say Quinn because I, I think you can replace Cousins production uh, yeah, more easily. So. He's been a top 12 guy. Well, I'm uh, taking more than people Cousins. Think. Yeah, I love Quinn. I'm taking Cousins. He's gonna get another contract after this year, whether with Minnesota or somebody else. I'm taking. By it. the I did the same thing last year with Sam Howell,
3: Sam Howell or Kirk Cousins, and I was burned on that one. So, nah.
0: I traded a so, I, I traded a Howell
3: back Cousins to last year, and I feel amazing about it. Yeah, I'm not that worried about but
1: it. What also, we I'm about. I'm going to put you in a predicament here. Uh, Quinn yours or Jordan Love?
2: Quinn. Not really that, uh, that close. That's a tough I, I
1: want to hear from the I want to hear from the, the audience on that one. Quinn yours or Jordan Love in the comments. Let us know. Matthew, Chris, who you got?
0: I'm I'm taking Quinn. I don't granted I have not watched a lot of the preseason, so I don't know how good Jordan Love has or hasn't looked. But factoring in, again, what I think Quinn could do this year, and if he does what I think he's going to do, he's going to be a first-round pick, give me Quinn. Because you'll be able to trade him for more once he gets that first-round draft capital, even if you don't think he's going to be good. I'm taking Quinn.
1: Uh, just two more here. Matt, Quinn Ewers or uh, Derek Carr?
0: Oh, shit, that's a good one. Uh, Probably Quinn. Because I don't like where New Orleans is heading at all. Uh, so I'd probably take Ewers.
1: Okay, Mox Quint Ewers or um Gino Smith.
3: I think Gino. Although, like I'm again, like I'm the worst person asked NFL value, but I think Gino is probably the answer there, right? I think Austin, I would take Austin
0: Ewers. Matt, Gino or Quint Ewers. I'd take Ewers. I, I'm so worried that the, the floor is gonna fall out again from Gino. He's done he's had one good year. He's been in the league for what 10? and one good that's year last year. That's one more than
1: Quinn Ewers has had. That's I mean, one that's more true, but I'm,
0: I'm taking Quinn in that scenario.
2: I have Gino about 15 spots higher in my C200, but effectively, that's not that much of a difference.
1: Okay. Um, Let's go here from this. This is from our, our Discord. Uh, Bob, 0409, why does IDP get no love? Why did Fantrack stop recording tackles? I can actually take that one. First of all, who doesn't love IDP here? I mean, we have the IDP tackle prediction tool at campusdecan.com that you can go to and check it out uh, at the website. And as far as fan tracks goes, I can't speak for them, but I believe it uh, relates to their stat provider. And if their stat provider doesn't yeah. have tackles, they don't have tackles. It's really as simple as that. So thank you for your question, Bob. Debbie Dino Duck asks, and Austin, I'm going to throw this to you. Debbie Dino Duck's been following us for a long time. Excuse me. Excuse me. Hmm had something happen some bodily functions here that's a pro um ontario brown appears to be in line to be a bell cow at niu we all kind of knew that but is he a legitimate debbie asset is the question ontario brown at niu northern illinois
2: maybe maybe um i mean i was pretty high on him last year and then he didn't do that much i do think he is a definitely a post-hype guy i didn't Tank is ranking too much in my ranking set. I think it's a huge uphill battle. I I think he's going to be viewed similarly by the NFL as Dwayne McBride just was, though, as a guy that will come out of college probably having at least one or two really productive years under his belt, but basically having never caught a pass. And that really, really hurts in in modern NFL in terms of getting real draft capital. So that's the that's the battle for him, I think.
1: It's, It's Dwayne McBride all over again. It's Dwayne McBride all over again um Mox uh Branson Robinson suffers a what a torn patella was a torn patella a torn patella tendon um what is his future value in production look like after this injury?
3: you won't drop him because of like his previous ranking and he's at UGA and all that but like I'll tell you right now that you're gonna drop him in a year from now I I mean the injury plus the crowded depth chart. I mean, I just don't think it's going to happen for him. He might transfer out and go somewhere else and maybe have a productive year, like in the well, Damien Webb type, like four years removed from the original school they committed to. Or uh, what was the dude at Memphis last year? Oh, or Marshall thinking, last year? I
2: was, I was thinking LeBourne.
3: K- yeah, Kalon LeBourne. Um, like that type of player. But I mean, I don't think you're, I, I, he's droppable in my opinion. I, that that's how I feel. I just that injury is really tough to come back from at a program that recruits running backs at such a high level.
1: I know that it hurts to spend, you know, a top five freshman pick on a player, and then to get, not even be able to see them on the field to get zero value from it. But I'm telling you, it happens. I mean, my first C two C pick was Journey Brown. My second C two C pick was Spencer Rattler. So didn't get off, get off to the best start. And the best thing – I mean, if there is somebody in your league that will give you something for Branson Robinson, I mean, you might have to treat him like Mario Williams and take whatever whatever it is that you can get because that's a very difficult um, injury to come back from. So uh, that was from Earn1967. So thank you. Thank you, Earn, for the question. All right, let's move here to – Felix, we have a question on the screen real quick. Oh.
0: Uh, is Citizen
1: there. in the same bucket as Branson, or is there more more hope since his injury happened over a year ago? A Citizen's in- injury was just an ACL, right?
0: Yeah, but right. then he injured it again in the winter last year.
1: Man, I, so, it, so I, I looked up these double ACL injuries to see like what the statistics are, and they're not because Eli Raridan at Notre Dame has torn his ACL twice, and I'm like, I really want this to be one of my shoot from deep guys, but it's hard to get healthy when you tear the same ACL twice it's just it's difficult you'd rather have them tear one and tear one in one knee and tear the other knee rather than have them have one in both
0: in the same knee can I uh can I paint the bright side for Branson Robinson it seems like all you guys are on the other side of it no
2: pressure now on him
0: now please um if you really think that you can sell him for nothing and get him I'd be buying him I know that it's hard to come back from this injury and I'm not trying to say he's going to be Nick Chubb, but everybody said Nick Chubb wasn't going to come back when he could destroyed his knee at Georgia. We've seen Kirby smart is willing to let these guys do whatever they need to, to get back I mean, Kendall Milton's not even that good folks. And he's going to start at Georgia this year. Branson Robinson is better than him. I think Branson Robinson personally is better or was before the injury better than Roderick Robinson. If he comes back healthy next year, I think he's still going to get the, the chance to start at Georgia and he has a chance to rebuild some of his value. Like he may not be a he may not be the guy, as you just mentioned, that top five pick or whatever that you were taking him at. But if you're telling me that you can just get if people are just throwing him away, I'll take that and have a chance of getting the starting running back at Georgia next year. And if he doesn't work, I'll cut him then. Like I, I think Would you would you
1: trade player. a fourth round supplemental
0: pick for him? i probably do a maybe a sixth. I don't know about a four. That seems, seems a little heavy, but (laughs) would you trade Mario, Mario Williams? I'll trade Mario Williams for him in a heartbeat.
3: Um, We
1: saw some players values change in week zero. So I want to get into players who stand to gain the most value here in week one. I'll start. You mentioned Kendall Milton. I think it's Andrew Paul. I mean, talk about a, a player coming back from in uh, an ACL injury No, coming back from an ACL injury Branson Robinson's hurt Dejon Edwards and Kendall Milton haven't been doing team drills according to Graham coffee on Twitter who I to, should figure out who he writes for Kirby smart this is yesterday August 29th uh, Kirby smart says that that Kendall Milton feels good or excuse me about Dejon Edwards that he feels good and Kendall Milton they both feel good. Smart told reporters that Edwards has remained in a non-contact jersey. He said that Milton has gotten out of the non-contact jersey. Both have participated in drills. To me, that sounds like one-on-one, one-on-one drills, not necessarily team stuff yet. And I don't know who Georgia takes on in week one. It's no, they don't have a formidable opponent. I think that we could see a lot of Andrew Paul, a lot of Andrew Paul in this offense with the weapons that they have on the outside to keep your safeties honest. It doesn't really matter who the running back is. I think that they would be in a really a plus situation. The fact that it's Andrew Paul with all of those, 220 pounds. We had him over 21, 21.5 miles per hour his last season at Dow- Dallas Parish Episcopal down there in Texas, the same division that um, Shador Sanders and Deion Sanders came from that taps that taps division. So um, he stands to gain a lot. That's one of mine. Austin, who's one of yours that stands to gain a lot of value here in week one.
2: Yeah, it has to be a guy that's actually playing like a legitimate opponent because otherwise you, everyone just writes it off as, you know, playing a bad team. So I, I'm going to say every basically every player in the LSU-FSU game, um, which is kind of a, a, an easy answer. But I feel like, you know, if if Trey Benson has a huge game in that game, I think, you know, if there's doubters out there, they, they maybe start thinking of him a little higher. Or, um, you know, Malik Neighbors or some of the other wide receivers in F- FSU, you know, if – we've said all offseason, what does Keon Coleman do to to Johnny Wilson? If Johnny Wilson goes out there this week and has 180 yards and two touchdowns, like, you know, maybe we don't care about Keon Coleman, and maybe we're thinking, okay, maybe Wilson is legit. So I think basically every player in that game. And then another one that I actually just think is really interesting is Taylor Green at Boise because they play Washington. This is probably going to be one of the harder games on their schedule. I don't – I actually don't really – well, Washington's defense isn't amazing. I don't expect Taylor Green to have a great game this weekend, but if he does have a huge game, you might start hearing some buzz. I,
1: I want to say this about Taylor Green because I talked about him on the show with Waldman. I love his obviously his athleticism, frame, and all that stuff. But he has this affliction that that Cameron Ward struggles with when he's he's, he's out of the, he's broken the play, he's out of the pocket, he's scrambling, he's looking down the field. The de, the picture of the defense hasn't changed, and he just. Throws the ball to a cornerback that he's staring right at. I have no idea. Like, I don't know. Cameron Ward has the same issue sometimes, and Talon Green does that. But last year was his first year as a starter, and he was a redshirt freshman. So, I mean, he can certainly get better here in year two. Um, Austin, do you think we see Garrett Nussmeier on Monday when FSU and uh- –
2: no, no not care. unless Jaden Daniels gets hurt. No, I do think we'll see him a couple times this year, but that's not a game that I would circle as figuring he gets in.
1: Matthew, who do you got as far as uh, who could take a value jump in week one?
0: Yeah, I kind of agree with Austin's statement that I think it's going to have to come from these guys who are playing in these big games. I mean, I, I do like the Andrew Paul call, and I, I, I would like to see him play, but I think they're playing like I don't even know the name of the school. They don't matter. A lot of these teams, unfortunately, aren't playing – Hard opponents. So I want Jordan Travis. I think it's going to be a big game for him against LSU. Obviously, he played okay last year. I don't think he played great. But it's a massive game, I think, for both of these teams. Um, not just speaking of college football, but I think if Jordan Travis goes out there and has a really good game, it's going to help propel him back up a little bit. And then uh, I went with Adam Randall. Clemson plays in that standalone game against Duke. Uh, I think that he's a guy, you know, we had liked a lot, obviously dealt with the injuries. Obviously I've I've been listening to everything that uh, Nick has put out and that we've talked about throughout the network that, you know, he's he's bulked up and looking good in practice and everything. I think he's able to go out there and have a good game um you know I, I know duke's not considered a a well i would say they're a good team they got mike elko running that defense who's typically a good defense so if he's able to go out there and have a good game i think we could see his stock shoot up i feel like he's kind of been dropped because of the injury rumors and everything we've we've boosted up um austin's guy now i can't remember what antonio is. williams antonio, antonio williams so williams, yeah. high that i feel like we've kind of forgotten about adam randall if he goes out there and has a really good game um in that offense and again in that game that standalone game i think his value could really jump up I,
1: I, adam randall another one of these athletic freaks that we just haven't seen a lot from he did not need to bulk up by the way he was already like two 220 we need to get you down to 208 we did not need him to bulk up Uh, Mox, who do you got as far as week one who could take a big jump in value?
3: I have three I really, really like, but I think I'm gonna go with Tomori and TJ Harden. Um, I think we've spent all summer wondering who's gonna be the guy there. Is it gonna be Carson Steele? The reports out of spring and then fall were really positive for Harden. Is he going to be the RB1? Because if he's the RB1 and he performs well against Coast Carolina, we're having a different conversation about his value in, in his respective draft class. And I think that he is the most approved. They're 14 and a half point favorites. I think that he will be involved. I could see him getting to 10 to 15 carries, regardless of if he starts or not. If he's a big game. I mean, I think we're having a very different conversation about his value next week. So I think he is the most game because, like Austin said, a lot of these guys are playing scrub opponents. Like, not that Coast Carolina is uh powerhouse but it's enough like they're a good enough team where i think you know it, it, hardens performance is going to matter so i think tj harden is is a player i'm really interested to see how he does because i think he could shoot up
1: I, i'm starting tj harden in a couple of places where i kind of have to so i just don't have another guy so i'm starting tj harden uh a couple of places I know, a couple of other players that i wanted to mention as far as taking a jump uh, Austin, your boy, Ware County, Georgia, Cartavius Norton, um, with without Jeriel Brock there, uh, the running back at I- Iowa State. I mean, that's a position that we kind of want to target. Matt Campbell has had David Montgomery, he's had Brees Hall, and quite frankly, Car- Cartavius Norton was listed as the starter last year, and he was looking like okay, he's about to take over this backfield, and then he he pulled up on a run and uh, injured his hamstring. It, yeah. NFL college, for some reason, young players always have a problem with hamstring injuries. He started his career off that way when it looked like he was about to take over that backfield. (laughs) They're probably not going to be a great team, again, without Brock, without Hunter Deckers, all gone because of the gambling scandal. But he can reestablish himself as the focal point of a bad offense, which isn't, Terrible. I mean, he's going to have one more year to develop after this. And if we see kind of that speed and burst, he already has the requisite size. I think that we could see Cartavius Norton take a big jump. And the other one, I mentioned his name before, I'm going to say it again it's Cam Ward. Cam Ward has like first round arm talent, first round scrambling ability, and like undrafted free agent decision making and deep accuracy and mental processing. Um, you know, but he's got deep. Deep accuracy has been an issue for him. He's got Kyle Williams from uh, UNLV. He's got DT Sheffield who's going to play this uh, like a speed stretch slot role. And I forgot who the third wide receiver is, but they listened to Chris Moxley and said, "Yeah, we have to get better. We can't be just this horizontal offense. We have to get deep." And you saw them in, throw deep in the spring game, Mox? Did you not? You thought you saw them throw deep in the spring game? If that is the Camp yeah. Ward that's going to be playing this season. We could be talking about probably not first round, but we could be we're talking about a player who could take a big jump in value um uh this this season.
3: Lane Kiffin told him that he's a first rounder when he was recruiting him to Ole Miss. He wanted him last year, even though he, you know, it already I think he already got Jackson Dart at the time. He said, you know, I think he first round our arm I think which I think, just like you said, is true. There's just other major concerns there's
1: other there's other major, are major concerns. You can't just look straight at a, somebody else in a different color jersey and throw them a ball. Um, but if he can develop his deep game, I really like Cam Ward's potential, and I still, you know, in the places where I rostered him, I did not trade him. So anybody else got any um, players who could take a jump? No? Well, you can let us know in the comments if you are watching this video later on. Um, but that is going to be uh, – let me say this before we go. The tailgate, Saturday morning, 10 a.m. It's going to be right here on the Campus to Can YouTube page and the Better Sports YouTube page. Better Sports is producing this thing for us. we got production value now. We've got rankings. We've got uh, spreads. We're talking – it is the college football pregame show that you want to be watching, so join us on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. And maybe, maybe we'll have college fantasy tonight. Uh, on Saturday night. All right. That's going to be our show for tonight. Apologies to Kirk Kerr Street. We ran out of time. We'll get them rescheduled soon for Chris Moxley, Matt Bruning, and uh, Austin Nace. I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. We should do an after show, Matthew. Matthew, you're not going to come oh, in I'm here <laughs> and press the end button. I
0: didn't press it, yeah. As I'm going soon to as
1: the show ends. It. We stopped at right at, well, first of all, I don't have a problem uploading the show. Okay. Even though it's and we've and we started earlier.
0: So I know, it's not super late. But yeah. Hard conversation to have. I've been been enjoying going to bed at like eight thirty my time for the past three weeks. It's been really nice getting like, you Jesus know, Christ, you seven probably, hours of sleep.
1: I mean, it's one night. Jeez. I 50 mean fifty years old.
3: Seven hours of sleep because you're waking up three A. M. every day. Yeah, I mean, it's been nice. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, if I'm being honest, I'm not really sleeping the whole time. There's a lot of stuff going on, but I try, you know. It's nice to. Uh,
1: Kyle adds that T- Thomas Yasmeen. I didn't know Kweefe was was out. K- Kwee-thi, Kwee-thi was out uh, that Thomas Yasmeen could have a big game on national television tomorrow. I don't know because they don't have a quarterback. So am
3: sorry, Brandon, Brandon Rose.
1: And Nate Johnson is going to be a change of pace guy. I, I mean I would just put Quentin Jackson at quarterback and run Wildcat.
3: So the wind is actually going to be like 25 miles per hour with gusts up to like 30. Really in Salt Lake City? Yeah. So I, I
1: so you think that, that could I be a possibility. Little, well,
3: I don't know if if Quentin Jackson is actually going to play Wildcat quarterback, but I mean it would make a little bit of sense. Uh I mean the wind the wind is supposed to be pretty bad tomorrow night.
1: Do you so, know the spread on that game? Those are two teams. Yeah, well, it's four, Utah's it, good. It's four,
3: it's four and a half. So it's four, it's and, a four and a half right now, and the assumption is that Rising probably isn't going to play. It was seven yesterday when I was talking it. in the Discord about it, and I was like, "Hey, this is your last chance to kind of get on Florida at like a touchdown." Yeah. Um. But I mean, it opened at nine and a half, and we thought Rising was going to play. So like, obviously, mm-hmm. Utah is the better team, and they should be favored. And they're still favored despite their third-string quarterback starting. But, yeah, it's right now it's four-and-a-half, and I think the over-under is like 44 or 44 and a, 44 and a half. So I It's
1: mean. still an exciting game to watch because of Jackson, because of Eugene Wilson, because, quite frankly, I think that there's a chance that Florida is a, a train wreck, and it's always fun to watch a train wreck. But, uh, but even like somebody like Arlis Bordingham, does anybody know if he's starting? I've not heard Arlis Bordingham's mm, name. I don't think he's starting.
2: I don't think he is.
3: Who's, he might play a little bit. Okay.
1: All right. Who, I'm trying to think of who the other tight end on the team is. Is it's Zipper to, Is zipper still there? He's hurt.
3: Zipper, yeah, I don't know. All right, let me let me look up Florida.
1: Let me go to the campus to camp. Let me go to the team profiles. See
3: it, C2C winning edge?
1: C2C winning edge, hashtag C2C winning edge.
3: And you can get that with the All22 subscription too, right?
1: Yeah, you can. You can. You get everything.
3: Yeah, yeah, I should just share my, I, share my screen.
1: I'm going to share my screen.
3: Um, you just make sure you close out of all your tabs.
1: I don't. okay. <laughs> I don't have anything crazy <laughs> open. I'm a little professional I just, here. Uh,
3: well,
1: I did look up me. NFL teams because I was looking up quarterbacks and I needed a reminder. <laughs> I have to do that all the time. I look up, I like college. I just Google college football teams because I need well, to see
3: the list often. I'm always, for. I'm always forgetting about a team when I'm, when I'm yeah, thinking about players. Exactly. Right? Like I'll forget about like Louisiana Monroe or, right. or something like that. And I'll be like, ah, can't can't forget about them. We're talking about talking about players who actually think Louisiana Monroe can beat Army this weekend. By the way, if we're
1: going on I tangent, I am. going to take Matthew off the screen. The C2C winning edge. Can you see my screen? No, I. Gotta I don't think it. you've added it to. Let's the, take Matthew off.
3: Do you want us to do that or you, no?
1: Okay, I I, I'm, I know how to do it, and I'm going to We add, were just
3: speaking it into existence. I'm going to add. Did I add it? I think you need to change the view
0: remove it's up there Better, i think yes you gotta you gotta make sure to add it there, on there we go get the
1: layout. all right the c2c winning edge so i'm gonna who are we talking about florida so let's go over to florida so grand merch starter montrell johnson ricky purcell i forget i think ricky purcell Saul might have an nfl future uh dante zanders i don't know who that is i don't know who that is either Dante Xanders, he is a he's six six foot. Six foot. Is that six foot or six five? He's, he's
2: six, six five. Six five, two five,
1: 241. <laughs> forty. Six, six foot 241. He's, in, he's, in the class <laughs> of he's in the class of twenty eighteen. Oh my goodness. Right uh let's see, twenty-four-seven, he had an 87 rating. Rivals, he was five and a half star on three, 87.4. Um, so, yeah, that's who's going to be starting. Let's see if Arlis Boringham is in the second. Yeah, Arles Boringham is listed as the second wide receiver, so or the second string tight end. So maybe we will see him
3: next so, um, uh, week. Let me make this
1: bigger. Xanders
3: Zan- is a converted defensive player. Okay.
1: As is
2: Zipperer? Or was Xanders the one that, that last season did that? Was he the one that got the buzz no, last offseason?
3: Right, it's it, it yeah, there, it was but. it was Xanders because okay. he came in as a freshman and then he played DL for a couple of years and now he's back at tight end.
1: So we have uh, there we go that looks better on the screen. So we have 133 FBS teams. FBS teams. If you want to look at FIU, Florida State, Fresno State, you know your fancy. We got depth charts and those depth charts are updated um, live. I Maybe mean, Nichol- Nicholas and Allen updates yeah. them.
3: Yeah, well, never mind. I don't want to get into this type of discussion. Okay, because I was going to say the center for Florida. Uh, Oops,
1: I accidentally, I accidentally, I didn't. I mean, I don't know if I did that or
3: or on, on, on purpose. I was just going to say the center for Florida is hurt, um, or potentially hurt. So yeah, Nick Nick is really good about uh keeping those updated when news comes out because like as soon as the rising news broke and then the brink keithy news broke like that was updated and he downgraded utah from the 22nd team to the 26th team in the power rankings and that spread changed i think like two or three points um so yeah i i I really like what uh those these profiles do and how dynamic they are that's a, a cool point Cool. Now we just now we lost Felix.
0: Good talk, good talk. Perfect time to hit that end broadcast really quick before he comes back. I agree.
3: I'm it's not. T- I'm not touching it. I'm not make get my oh, hands no. dirty. Oh